Just to put into perspective how not alone you are when it comes to mental illness, I had a psychology professor tell us that when we think of anxiety and depression, we need to think of the common cold because almost everyone at some point in their life is going to have some type of symptom that is linked back to depression or anxiety. Some thoughts probably should not be said out loud, but um, I recorded mine. Hey guys, it's Mara and welcome back to the podcast where I share my thoughts on the internet with all of you. So before I jump into the actual topic, I just need like a little time to tell you a thought that's stuck in my brain that I've been hyper fixating on for the past week. I found a show. (laughs) I found a show on Netflix and it is called The Home Edit and they just organize things and then I went psycho and I pulled apart my entire house and I bought a bunch of containers and I contained everything nothing was safe and I put it all back and now my house is really nice and organized what does that have to do about the topic of this episode absolutely nothing so today's episode I'm gonna make a little bit more of a serious topic but you know me I'm probably gonna joke somewhere in here so today I want to talk about mental health and I know it's not mental health awareness month I probably should have put this episode out a couple months earlier but um all time is a good time to talk about your brain that was like such a nerdy thing I can't believe I just said that But um, yeah, so I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a background first about, um, not just, about why you should listen to me, (laughs) but like in a better way, whatever, here's some background. So I am in school currently for psychology. I want to focus more on neuropsychology, probably why I just got so excited about the brain. I'm really fascinated by that. When you're in school for psychology, though, you get a very wide background of, like, all the fields of psychology you can go into, and one of those is therapy and dealing with mental health and diagnosing that, like, that, you gotta know that if you're gonna go into a specialty, you know? So, I'm in school currently for that, and I know this does not make me a professional at all. I am not claiming to be a professional, but I've definitely lived it, and I think that when you try to talk about mental health to someone that has never experienced it, has never lived through that, that they're not going to understand as well as someone that has been in that position before. It's a very hard thing to explain. Like, the basics of it is just like, hey, my brain isn't making chemicals the right way and I'm sad. Like, how do you explain that to someone and explain the feeling to someone that hasn't also had their brain malfunction, you know? It's just rough, but I've definitely been there, and I'm very open and willing to talk about mental health, how I cope, how I got diagnosed, all of that, and I have some friends currently I know that are kind of new with their diagnosis of anxiety, depression, and so yeah, this episode is just for them and for anyone else who wants some advice. All right, so let's talk about how I was diagnosed. Um, I was diagnosed with I think I got diagnosed with anxiety first but a lot of times depression and anxiety literally will hold hands and skip around in your brain they are very common seen together one thing leads to another sometimes one triggers the other um I got diagnosed very very young which I'm lucky that I had other family members hi mom 
that also experienced it so she kind of knew like where i had to go but trying to find a doctor that was willing to treat someone as young as i was i was 12 that was very difficult it was a rough time and for a while no one believed me i remember a summer i spent probably three months in bed with i gave myself fevers because of how much that i would just worry and at the time, I didn't know it, but it was just me having panic attacks and it would make my temperature spike, not like an infection-y fever. You know how those are like intense. It was like a low-grade fever, but still a fever. And then I'd go to the doctors and they would see like my heart would like skip beats or something. And again, it was all from anxiety. But because I was so young, they're like, doubt that you know and they put me through a crap ton of testing I got all of the scans that you could imagine I had all the blood work done and over and over and over they found nothing it was nice and reassuring to me to know that I was very healthy at 12 I hope I am but um it was frustrating because I was having like physical symptoms that was not being able to be diagnosed and it was it like drove me crazy and I would lay in bed in panic. I was like, what if I have some like crazy form of cancer that like has never been found before and I'm going to die and is taking over my body? Like those are the type of thoughts that I had, which when you take a step back when I'm not like panicking and like living through that, it's like that. Nope, not no, maybe a chance. Very, very small, but like they would definitely find it, you know. So that is how my diagnosis began. Eventually, I was able to get into a psychiatrist who prescribed me, I think first I was on Celexa. Some, mm, yeah. First I was on Celexa. And here is the fun thing about medications. SSRIs work differently for every single person. I'm pretty sure there are seven or nine I just did a project over this. Either seven or nine SSRIs that are currently FDA approved and used in treatment. And all of them basically do the same thing. There are some SSRIs that like are made to treat eating disorders or like panic attacks where other ones don't treat that. But for the most part, what they treat are overlapping. So when you get put on an SSRI, it's a fun game of is this one going to work or am I going to get another one? And then... It also takes a couple weeks for them to actually go into your brain and start working. So you just have to sit and wait. And Celexa was not for me. I struggled getting on it. The side effects weren't fun. But I was also a little bit calmer because I knew, like, it's anxiety. I'm not actually dying. So a couple months on Celexa, and I was like, yeah, I don't think this is it. And that is when I got switched onto Prozac. Let me tell you about Prozac right now. I love Prozac. Prozac allows me to operate like everyone else. Prozac Prozac gives me a sense of being independent and it literally takes away like the fear that I have. Yes, I do still have like some bad fits. I get in like little depression ruts every now and again. And sometimes I still have like a panic attack. But the difference is now I'm able to like recognize it and it's not as bad and Prozac definitely takes the edge off but it took me months to get through that one and then it took me more months to get put on Prozac and then it took me months after that to find a dosage that actually worked and 
still to this day, sometimes I have to up the Prozac and sometimes they'll cut my dosage and then I'll have to go back up. So it's like an ongoing thing. So if you are new to being on an SSRI, it's normal to feel like it's not working. It's also normal to feel like it is working. It's also normal to feel like you don't like it and the side effects and it's normal to be changed around a lot. It's normal. Okay. So that's um, how I got diagnosed. And then, of course, the depression came after. So let's get into how I cope, which I think this is the part of the podcast that most people wanted is, like, the advice. Now, I did not ask anyone specifically for, like, what they wanted advice on, but everyone said, like, coping for the most part. Not, like, how to cope with certain things, just coping in general. So this is how I cope with what I have. And if you guys listening want like more detail and you don't want it on the podcast, feel free to message me on Instagram or whichever. Or if you guys want me to do an advice podcast where I answer your questions, just let me know and I'd be down. Um, This newest thing that I've been doing and I'm actually starting to realize it works. And this came from like months of being in therapy and months of listening to other people's advice and podcasts just like this one is my mindset and this too like I said in my last episode it has to do with I got into manifestation too and just having like a good mindset a positive mindset and like reinforcing positive thoughts instead of the negative ones really made a difference imagine that and it's good to just remind yourself that you are in control of your own emotions you are in control of your own thoughts (laughs) get it because like thoughts the podcast okay sorry sorry about that I cannot take anything seriously what a little jokester anyway you're in control of your own brain your own thoughts your own emotions and yes when you have anxiety when you have depression it can kind of take over but you really have to push your own mindset and be like nah dog like this is just anxiety or this is just depression and these are just thoughts like that's all it is is just a thought it's not a fact a feeling an emotion is not a fact that that's a good one that's a good one and you know where I got that from was actually Instagram quotes and I have that written down on this piece of paper is changing my mindset. I also changed my social medias into something that would help and benefit me. So instead of seeing like all of this negative stuff, I really like found Instagram pages that promoted positive thinking, promoted manifestation, and like mental health awareness pages. I followed a bunch of those. And one of my favorite little Instagram quotes that I repost almost every time that I see it is if you understand that you are not in control of something, then it also deserves to be freed from your mind because you don't you don't have control over it and you don't have to worry about it. You deserve to free that from your brain and you have to make your brain a cute little cozy space to be in. Here, this is how I'm going to connect my organization to this podcast topic right now. You want to like organize your brain and make it like so cute and cozy and get a little throw rug in there. You know, ooh, maybe like light some candles in there. Make it a nice place to be because you're stuck with your own brain and your own mind and your own thoughts for the rest of forever. So might as well make it a nice place to be. All right, so this is going to be really honest, but a way that I cope sometimes is I shut down. I will break down. This is mostly with depression, a little bit anxiety, but I'm getting better with anxiety. But depression 
really comes at me and has me in a chokehold sometimes. And I allow myself to shut down. I allow myself a day to call off work, to call off school, and to just lay in my bed and feel. And it's it's fine. It's okay to not be okay and to just chill in bed and try to cope. Like it that's it's fine. And sometimes giving yourself time to just feel and shut down and break down is what you need. But it's really important and this is what I struggled with and I'm getting a lot better with. When you do let yourself shut down and break down, you have to set yourself a time limit. Whether you give yourself 20 minutes to cry and then set an alarm on your phone or you give yourself that day off work, that day off school, you have to swear to yourself, you have to pinky promise to yourself that you're not going to let it continue into the next day. You felt, you processed as best as you could. Sometimes you can't process it in all in one day, but you gave yourself a break. And then the next day you have to push. You have to get out of bed, which is something that I struggled with so bad. I just want to lay in my bed and sleep every single day and like sleep it all away and then be up all night. And it I don't know why, but that helps me a lot. But when you wake up in the morning, the mornings for me is the absolute worst. It all comes rushing back. And it's because when we're sleeping, we're like not in reality, you know. And then when you wake up, reality punches you in the face and like, mornings for me and getting out of bed is the hardest struggle but if I gave myself a day already I have to be like okay yesterday was my day to knock it out of bed and to cry and like mope and sit in my feelings all day so today I have to expose myself to what I'm afraid of and I have to keep going because like time's gonna keep going and if you stop and time keeps going you're not gonna make any progress That also a little bit is called exposure therapy. It's when whatever you're afraid of or whatever you're like having a really tough time with, you just expose yourself to it and like get yourself used to it. So me like getting myself up in the morning is exposure sort of of like getting out of bed. I don't know if that made sense. Another way that I cope, which I guess this isn't personal how I cope, but like some people are against it, some people are all for it, is medication. I did go and I get on Prozac and I take my SSRIs and I like it. I like it a lot. It helps me a lot. Sometimes your brain just doesn't make the same chemicals as everyone else's brain and it's cool. It's fine. Go take the medicine. And this is something that I try to tell people when they come to me and they're like really apprehensive about taking medicine for mental health is Taking an SSRI, taking an antidepressive, taking any of those should be exactly like taking medicine for physical health. Like if you're in pain and you take a Tylenol, what any, how is that any different from being in mental pain and taking a Prozac? It's not. It's not any different. Two more ways that I cope. This one, it definitely comes with time and it comes with experience and starting to just understand when you feel certain ways and how you feel is just being able to recognize and like breathe through it. I used to feel the physical feelings of a panic attack and I wouldn't know what it was. Like when I was younger, I was 12, like no one took the time to be like, hey, this is what a panic attack might feel like because I was 12, you know. But with time, I started to realize, hey, when I feel like this, nothing ever actually like bad happens because it's just anxiety and the older I got the more I realized when I would feel these feelings I was like 
oh, this is just a panic attack, actually. Like, something probably triggered it. My brain right now is just a little funky, you know? Just a little goofy guy up there. And then I would be able to breathe through it and be like, hey, no, we don't have to, like, stick on this feeling or freak out. And it definitely helps, but it definitely comes with time, and you have to really just start to sit and understand and feel your own emotions. And my last way I cope, I don't know if I really recommend this, not gonna lie. Maybe it works for you, maybe it doesn't. But I make myself extremely busy. I will overbook my planners, I will overbook my plans, because when I'm busy, I don't have time to think, and I don't have time to sit and just like freak out and sit and be sad because I'm busy and I have things to do. So I try to keep my mind very distracted and I overbook my planner and I always have like things that I need to do and if something happens that I like find a spot and I'm like oh no I have time to sit and think I find something else that occupies my brain I'll start to play Mario Kart for hours on end um right now it's Stardew Valley I'm building a beautiful farm or I'll start to write podcast episodes I'll do anything just so I'm distracted and distractions help a lot until That's a good one to use until your medicine starts working or you find a dosage that works for you is just how to survive the month, the adjustment month. Just distractions, man. That's all you got to do. So those are just some ways that I cope. But I also researched and just pulled some stuff that I learned from classes about coping that I personally don't do but could work for you. So the first one, family and friends, don't be afraid to talk to them. Don't be afraid to be like, hey, I'm having like these feelings and I don't really know how to handle it because every single person is going to give you a new point of view, new advice, new coping ways to like talk to them. Grounding techniques. This also, I think you need a little bit of experience to start like when you start to have a panic attack, when you start to feel like really depressed you have to be able to recognize and do grounding techniques. I know there's a girl on TikTok that will tell you to like sit and then you have to name like five things you can feel and four colors that you see right now. And then like six, uh, I don't know, things that start with A. And then you go through stuff like that, but it's actually distracting your brain. And then the entire time that you're trying to like name all the colors that you can see in your room, it's actually just talking your brain out of the little spiral that it got itself into. Exercise and self-care. I do do this, but like not a lot, not as I should. But like self-care, do things that make you happy. Read a book, do a face mask, exercise, go on a hot girl walk. Yes, strut in the neighborhood, listen to your favorite podcast like me. You should listen to me on your hot girl walks or listen to a good playlist and just like spend some time with yourself. Therapy, that one, you know. If you're not ready for therapy, because sometimes it's a little intense, that's okay. If you are ready, then they, it's kind of like a family and friend thing. They're going to just give you advice. They're going to give you new perspectives that maybe you haven't thought about before. And therapists are really good at helping you recognize your triggers and what might cause you to go into a spiral or things to do to help you get out, like grounding techniques. They're going to teach you those. And the last one, I don't do this because personally I made my social media into a place that I feel happy and I like looking at. But sometimes taking a social media break and not having outside influences, it can really help. 
So guys, this episode was nice, short, sweet, simple, but I think that there are some good things in there. I'm very open when it comes to mental health and talking about how I was diagnosed and things that I went through and like things that I cope. So if you guys have any questions at all, feel free to message me, feel free to leave comments, whatever you're comfortable with. So next week's episode, I will make it not as serious. I'll crack some jokes in there. Maybe a guest. How you feel about a guest? Y'all want a guest? I can get a guest. I think that's a hint that I'm going to have a guest. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't, please give this podcast a rate on your streaming platform and follow the Instagram page at underscore thoughts podcast. I will see, not see you guys. You'll listen to me in next week's episode. Bye.